You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered podcast. Today, I have Christina Snyder, and she has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. She is the CEO of Snyder, and she uses her creativity to represent artists, illustrators, animators, and visual artists from around the world. Um, we're going to go into her story. She's originally from Sweden, and um, she's she's lived in the United States for over a couple decades. And um, after all that, we're just going to, we're just going to go through the journey of her life and really seeing how we can use creativity in our everyday lives as well to create the lives that really fulfill us. So Christina, I'm just so happy to have you here today. Oh, thank you, Olivia. It's great to be here. And thank you for inviting me. I really look forward to this conversation with you. Absolutely. And guys, as always, her links are in the show notes below. If you're watching this on YouTube, they are in the description box below. Um, so let's first start off with like when you first, you know, your first, your early life in Sweden and then moving over to New York. Yes, that's a, that's a, a long story, but I'll make it brief. So I grew up uh, outside of Stockholm and I moved to Stockholm really right after graduation from high school. I couldn't wait to get away from my hometown. It was small. And so in Stockholm is uh, the capital of Sweden. It has um, about a million people. It was still too small for me. So what happened by happenstance? I was invited by a friend of mine, Anders, uh, to take a trip to India on a creative project. Uh, I was a photographer. I was really into photography. I went to photo school. I constantly took pictures and he was a writer. And so together we traveled to India and did this creative project for um, a festival that was gonna take place in Stockholm. That was an incredible experience. And it was really uh, incredible to have the time really to sink into creative um, things like photography and writing. And so that in turn, led to another chance happenstance. Uh, I met a woman there and you know, when you're in your early twenties, you become friends like so deep and it almost felt like, oh my God, we have to do something together. So long story short, I ended up in New York with Christy, my friend, um, and we decided to take a road trip and we did. We took a three week road trip and 
at the end of it, I went back to New York and I discovered that New York was really like the, the most creative, fertile ground for creativity. And since I had dabbled a bit, like in editorial and writing and taking pictures, I started to kind of look around for what I could do there. Where, okay, on your road trip, where did you go? <laughs> well, this is funny. We went from Connecticut to Key West. And the plan was that we would then um, go all across like the South to California. But uh, we had a really crappy car. Like at one point, the stick shift like just came loose and it was like full of adventures. And what I didn't mention before is that I actually met somebody in New York on my third night there. Christy and I walked into a bar and there was this fabulous stranger who I then proceeded to talk to on the phone, like for an hour every day, hours and hours from payphone. So wherever we went, we had to like find a payphone. And after three weeks, I said, I have to go check it out. So I went to New York and long story short, again, um, I moved in and married this man, my husband, Danny, and we're still married today. So yeah, that was our road trip. It was not really what I had planned, but it worked out. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. <laughs> it seems like such the like, you know, <laughs> like hippie life. Like, oh, I went over to India. I did this project. I, yeah. you know, it, it, it does yeah. definitely sound like the life of a creative. And yeah. then, oh, I went on a road trip and this road trip was three weeks. I'm sorry. I, I me personally, yeah. I like to travel, but I've got limits on the amount of time that I'm away from like my home and my bed. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I just, I couldn't imagine being in a car, like, and then like you being from a different country and then like coming to the U.S. and seeing, wow, we're crazy over here. I mean, I don't know if you thought that. I don't know, but I... <laughs> I yeah, I don't know about crazy. You know, I always had this deep connection to the state somehow because I, I studied literature at university. I never graduated, but I was really interested in, in the U.S. Like I read the, you know, all the books that women wrote in the 80s, like this deep feminism. I was connected to that. And so I knew a lot about the states, but I had never visited really. So I felt at home. New York, though, was a different animal because I felt like this big in a in a city of really tall buildings. So that was that that threw me a little bit. But I also thought like for a creative person that that was like me, it was a really fertile ground to like do all these things, you know, work in photography. Eventually, I started writing a travel column about New York. I took pictures. I I sort of parlayed my um my experience into a job at national magazines as a photo researcher and i love that word parlay by the way because it's it means to wager to bet to take a risk and i think when i when i look at my life now i i think i've done that all of my life even before i moved to new york but it was a good match for that to experience the creativity of the city at that time can you, well, okay, first, can we talk about like your beliefs around creativity and, you know, what it brings in your life? Well, as I said, my life has been one 
long string of opportunities. I, I really have not had a career in the sense that I never had a full-time job. I was never on staff, really. I was a freelancer, which is a, a form of entrepreneurship in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I was a freelancer for all of my life. And creativity, you just had to think on your toes or however you say it. But the creative thinking that I did was really um, from an, a piece of advice that I got from a wonderful woman. Her name is Aipiri Karabuda, and she was Swedish. We had known each other in Stockholm. I met with her in New York when I was a, this expat, all of a sudden living with a boyfriend on the Lower East Side. And she said, be like a sponge. Everybody you meet, soak it up and keep that contact. That was great advice. And so there was a lot of creativity that went into my um, early life in New York. And in general, I see creativity as, as a tool that you can choose. And I think that if you choose it wisely and you're brave about it and really honest about it, it can lead you to places that you want to be in. You know, in, in my case, it led me to what I do today. Uh, I, I was an entrepreneur early on. And today I work with Snyder. It was a fantastic agency with amazing people. So it's it's not really a philosophy. It's sort of more of an action point direction, if you wish. And can you tell me a little bit about like what you do or the listeners a little bit about what you do with Snyder? Yeah, so Snyder is an artist representation and creative production agency. I um, am now the CEO and and founder and. I lead the company creatively while my team members who are all amazing women, um, they take care of clients. And so what we do is we sign artists, uh, commercial artists, not painters or anything, but commercial artists that do things for companies like uh, Netflix, Google, um, big companies like that, but also smaller companies that uh, need artwork made for social media or for advertising or for animations that post online. Um, So so that's what Snyder does. Um, We have started doing a lot more animations. And in fact, I think it was yesterday, a series of animations that we did for Nick Jr. launched. That's just an amazing project that we had the fortune of being involved with. So yeah, so we represent commercial artists to the advertising fields, to the design field, and to the editorial and publishing field in the U.S. and in the U.K. Congratulations on that, Ooh, by the way. Thank that you. is awesome. <laughs> um, it's, it's really exciting that, you know, you never having like the traditional career have really built something um, so sustainable and so renowned, you know, just... And it's not even, to me, it's not even that much about like the big names. It's just the fact that you took something, you had an idea and you went after it and you kept going after it and you built it into what you've built it in. Um, Yeah. And, you know, if you want, I can explain how this parlaying happened in this particular field. So 
I was a photo researcher and photo editor for a long, long time. I had a series of really uninteresting jobs when I first arrived because I figured, what can I do? Well, I can work in photography. I have experience from Sweden. So I got a job um, that eventually parlayed into uh, being a researcher at Time magazine. And so at the time, you know, we're talking many, many years ago, I worked at Time, I then hopped over to Newsweek, Life, uh, Fortune, I worked at InStyle, I worked at Vanity Fair for a stint. It was just really like this kind of hopping around. And then I started working by chance again, got an interview at CBS uh, Television, and I worked there in the photo department, then I hopped over to HBO in the photo department, and I met a person there who said, uh, you know, you should really think about being an agent. Mm-hmm. An agent. I said, an agent? Oh, yeah. An agent for photographers. It's a really cool job. Uh, she had done it. And so I had had contact with agents. They had sent me estimates for like big shoots for HBO, like that you use for advertising. So I kind of I kind of took that to heart and I said, oh, why not? Why shouldn't I do that? So I just st- you know, parlayed my experience uh, to becoming uh, an agent for photographers. And so we're talking 2001 now. Um, Eventually that led to, again, by chance that I met a very amazing illustrator. Her name is Stina Versen. She's Swedish, uh, who wanted an agent in New York. And I took her on. That in turn parlayed into... um, what Snyder actually started out as. I had a smaller division called Snyder and the Swedes, and we represented a lot of Scandinavian Swedish artists. That in turn got rebranded to Snyder New York, and that in turn got branded to Snyder, which we are now. And so we rebranded in January of this year. So it's you see how it's really a, a string of opportunities and creative thinking that led to where I ended up today. I, I love that. Um, <laughs> can you share now there's, there's a few questions that I have for you actually. So the first yes. one, um, I, cause I didn't even know there were agent agents for photographers. Mm. I had no idea. Oh, um, there are many, many great agents for photographers for commercial work, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, it's just, I've never, I, I'm not in that field. I, I love photography. Um, I'm not one, but I'm one of those people that I randomly ask people, hey, do you want me to take your picture? And oh. I'm so big about like capturing the moment. And um, I just, I, so I do like, I'm, I'm great with a camera phone. And my husband, he's a photographer in the Air Force. So oh. I'm used to like that side of it. And, and all of the photographers I know just, just, you know, bootstrapping it really, you know, and and just doing their like mini shoots, but I never knew on the commercial side what that looked like. So I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful for one, for you to share that part of it with me Two, like, what are some of the downfalls? So, So I guess that was more of a statement. So the real question is, what are some of the downfalls that you've experienced, um, Mm. through your process? Oh, Olivia, there are many, many downfalls. I want to say, you know, part of my homemade philosophy is like, you have to fail 
to succeed. You really have to fail. Learn how to fail, fail really quickly and bounce up again and start over. There is something like to be learned from every experience. So when I think about my path, I have failed many, many times. And you mentioned like sleeping in weird places and, you know, going to India. If you, if I only could tell you the places that I've been sleeping in my life while I was building my businesses, um, but downfalls, I would say it was really tough after nine 11. Um, that was a downfall business disappeared. I wasn't established enough, but eventually it picked up and I got a really huge job early on, uh, as a, as a rep. I think downfalls for me has been, I tried to do everything myself. Like I was a one woman show. I never hired anybody in the early days. Uh, and that was, that's not a good strategy. You should really hire people if you can afford it to help you with the stuff that you're not good at, but I did everything. Um, another downfall I think would be maybe overreaching and also being really hard on yourself. You know, that that's, that's more of a advice, like in general in life, like don't be too hard on yourself because things may work out and you're always learning. So those are the things that come to mind when you, when you ask me that. Overreaching, please explain what you mean by that. Well, you know, in my case, I started this photo repping business and I can say this now because it worked out in the end. I thought that I could just start it without any experience, without any contacts. That was an overreach. I think in hindsight, what I could have done that would have been maybe easier on my, my peace of mind is like learn the business from the inside with somebody else that hired you to do the job. Instead, I just like hung out my shingle and said like, I'm repping. And it worked out. I'm saying that it worked out, but it was stressful. Was really stressful. So that was an overreach, I think. That is absolutely fair. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, now you have an idea for a book, and we've been kind of dibbling and dabbling into it too, you know, about how you know you're parlaying your creativity. So I guess with some of those those downfall times, how did you choose to dig deep and parlay your creativity? to get you that, that next big thing. Yeah, that's parlay is, as you can tell, one of my favorite words. And it really, again, it means like to wager, bet, take a chance. I think that I've lived my life taking chances all the time. Like I, I met my husband that way. I, I made a, you know, I purchased a house that way. I started an agency that way. So, so the risk involved has always been worth it. I don't know really how, but parlay to me take it means taking those risks and being brave about it. Thinking kind of like, um, what's the worst that could happen? And that means different things for different people, obviously. But for me, I had I had gone through hard times already before I started this kind of real risky starting businesses. And so I knew that I could handle that. Uh, using my creativity is, you know, for to parlay one thing to another is often like based on impulses or ideas, like what would this look like? And then investigating that. Um, so 
I, I think that's the best example that I can come up with, like how creativity and parlaying one thing into another, betting, uh, taking risks, it's all sort of baked into that. And as a loose idea, I have started working on a book manuscript to talk about this because I, I really, truly am an example of coming to New York with nothing. Um, I had a boyfriend, but that was it. And just sort of, you know, seeing um, opportunities and making something of them. And I realized that I'm extremely privileged because I had a stable background. I had, came from a, a house that had, you know, uh, education as a base of their core beliefs. Um, I did go to university, uh, never graduated, but I, I was privileged just by my mere existence in New York. But still, you know, I think that being creative and parlaying things, that, that's always been in me somehow. You know, privilege, I feel like everybody has some level that they can leverage their privilege. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just looking at it. We, everybody's dealt with different cards yeah. and they have to use what they can to, to their advantage. You know, that's, that's, you know, if you feel like you, you don't have certain things, like even I say, you know, it was a privilege to grow up with not having a lot of money. Cause I know <laughs> Oh, I know yeah. what it's like. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I know how to I know how to live off less, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And in those days, you know, being being an expat in a tiny apartment on East Third Street uh in Manhattan with a boyfriend, I mean it was you know, no money really. And that was a very good lesson. So you know about that. I do too. But this is a joke. Uh, that I always sort of said um, to myself, it's like, well, I'm white and I have good teeth. That's really important in New York and in America. So with that, I kind of parlayed that to whatever it could give me. But it's, it sounds kind of elitist, but it really isn't. It's just sort of a recognizing how this country works. And it works very differently in Sweden. How does it work in Sweden? Uh, well, I think Swedes are used to like a sort of a level of comfort. Um, I thought sometimes like, well, you can tell if you walk into a post office, you know, that woman behind the counter that's helping you probably has an OK life with education, which is free in Sweden to, for her kids, uh, with probably OK food at home and subsidized rents, perhaps that was back then. I can't say that I really know Sweden now because I haven't lived there for many, many years, but it's, it, it's a democratic system that was uh, designed to take care of the masses and to, for everybody to be equal. I do not know if that's true anymore, but that's where I came from. A very democratic kind of uh, everybody should be taken care of. And I, I have uh, just without even knowing it, have implemented that in my company as well. It's, I would like to say that it's a very democratic uh, little uh, place with a tyrant at the top, which is me. So. <laughs> have you seen How to Become a Tyrant by, on, on Netflix? No, okay. I haven't. Should I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you might want to. 
oh, I should, I should. <laughs> but joking aside, I'm not really a tyrant. I try to be inclusive, as much inclusive, as much as I can. And I think that all of the team members would actually agree. Uh, so that makes me very, very proud and very happy. I'll so, check that out though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I watched it and you know, I, they talk about Fidel Castro. They talk about some of the, a few of the like, but Fidel oh to me, Fidel is not nearly as bad as right. some of these other people. Yeah. Um, a few come to mind. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> now um, I really, now I have to watch it. My man Fidel is in there. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, yeah. I watched um, Cuba and the cameraman last year. I watched something about the the Cuba Libre story too. Oh, so I was learning a lot about Fidel Castro last year, um, and from from the just different Netflix specials. And then I saw How to Be a Tyrant, and I just saw how he was portrayed to his people versus how he was portrayed to America, and just the different propaganda and everything. And um, do I agree with, with everything he did? No, 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 no. That's, let me make that clear. But I can see how his people liked him. And yeah. um, I, I really don't believe he's as bad of a person because he believed in socialism as, you know, we all may, may yeah. view him as in America. Um, I, yeah. I think he was very a very personable person, very charismatic. Oh, he's, he's supposed to be uh, to be have have been a super charming guy, like super charming and charismatic. Yeah, but the point is like choice, right? I uh, mm -hmm. when in my career as a photo researcher and photo editor, I worked um, interestingly at the startup of People in Español. So People Magazine in Spanish. And we, I, I worked with people that, uh, whose parents had fled Cuba because they seized all this property, much like Hemingway. You know, his property, his, his um, estate was seized as well by Castro's. So the point, I guess, is like choice. Did you have a choice? And at that time, I don't think people had choices. No, it was like, people did not no. have choices. And right. that's, that's, so no, I do not agree with that aspect of it. Yeah either no, like no I'm exactly. totally for a democratic system you know and what we got going on in this world right now is a little different um I think we're living in some very interesting times because it's like we a lot of a lot of places they can't even have conversations like this it's like if you're you're so this way you gotta be this way and and it's that's not that's not the case um I believe that yeah. people are layered and, and different and you know Artwork has a way of showing that, um, you know, and yeah. what, so what type of photographers do you, um, I know commercial photography. Yeah. But well, so, right. So um, I'm not working with photographers anymore. It's all illustration and animation. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and that's a fun, fun world. Yeah. So uh, at the time, though, I worked with, you know, uh, European photographers, portraits, uh, car work, uh, anything really that we could do. Interiors, like catalog. It was a big mixture of things. 
No, I have another question. This is this is kind of related to animation, and you know, what do you think about NFTs? And ah, yeah, so I I know about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a great chance for illustrators and artists to make some money. I am not an expert at NFTs at all, and in fact. In at Snyder, we've discussed it. Uh, we've discussed whether we should get involved and do something um, in the agency about NFTs. And we've come to the conclusion that if we were to do something, it would have to be for a good cause. Because it seems to me that it's mostly about making cash. And oh. I don't. I'm not against it. When our artists do NFTs, they do it on their own. So it's nothing that we handle for them. What we do handle is when, um, say, an advertising agency comes to us for a client. Say, Hyundai wants to do an NFT for a campaign. That's when we can get involved and ask our artists and handle that job. But. I feel like it's a very uh, different animal to what we are trying to do um, for our artists, which is sort of a long-term sustainable career uh, that will make them you know, be able to work in the industry for a long time. It's like a slow build more than uh, a flash in the pan. There are some artists that are amazing at creating NFTs and have made that a huge career and made millions um, but we, I still feel like it, it's, it's uh, problematic somehow. So therefore we're not diving into it. We're dabbling in it. You could say. I, I just, I like to ask this question among creatives and people that might even be in the space simply because I don't know enough about NFTs or blockchain. Neither or do I No. <laughs> and I am always just trying to gain some, some other insight. And I'm just like, yeah, it does seem very much like a money grab and, there's no yeah. NFT that I'm I'm ever interested in because they all look so ugly to me. Like so blocky, and it's just like <laughs> it's mystifying. It's really mystifying. Um, I yeah, I I tend to agree, but then again, I can't say I'm an expert at all. So I I don't know enough about it. Um, we have so much work coming in for our illustrators and animators. Uh, in in the sort of the quote unquote regular domain uh, categories, like from advertising and editorial and publishing. So I don't really see the point of it. And I do think that if you're going to do it, then you have to really focus. So it's, it's not a matter of like, you have to choose one or the other, but it is, it takes a lot of energy. And what, uh, there's always that question of like, what's it for? Why? So I can't really answer that. And and saying it for the third time, not an expert, <laughs> but <laughs> time will tell, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and I just, you know, I just randomly, like, you know, I like to ask yeah, yeah. questions. Yeah, I get but, it. Um, I, I, I think that illustration and just how um, artificial, artificial intelligence is really becoming a lot more of a thing, how we... We love, we just love these cartoon-esque types of things. And, and I, I see that being, and I very much still mainstream. Um, so are yeah. those, is that t- the type of like advertising 
Um, well, what we're ex uh, what we're exploring a little bit with a few teams on our roster is uh, VR, so virtual reality. Yeah. And I actually, I'm more excited about that. Um, AI, I think, is more of a non-visual uh, discipline. So VR, okay. we're very, very interested in. Uh, how can you make a virtual reality alongside the real reality? And some of our artists are sort of exploring that as well. I'm excited about that. It seems like there are very many places where it could be useful for people. It could be of help to people. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm a bit more excited about that than AI. I'm probably misspoke when I'm saying that because I know virtual reality with you know the metaverse becoming a very yeah. big thing in the next, in the upcoming years. Um, yeah. And, you know, how many of those things are going to have to be built, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I know Oculus is, is a thing now. Have you done anything in that realm? Um, any work in that realm yet? Not yet. But this is also due to us uh, building for the past nine years. So we're just now, uh, we actually signed um, a team they're called Alkanoids and they're based in Milan that actually have worked on, on uh, VR. And so we do get quite, we get asked from time to time. And our goal, like my goal for the company is always to look to what's going to happen and be strong in five years alongside what we do traditionally, which is 2D illustration, 3D illustration, animation, etc. So VR is definitely um, on our radar in a major way, I would say that that's our next big exploration. As a creative, you seem very good at knowing what your focus is and, and being able to fine tune that focus. And you, I mean, you even said, you know, like, because it takes a lot of work. And I know that that comes from experience. Like when we were talking about, um, NFTs, you know, how that you, you've got to put a lot of effort into that. It's not that you can't do both, but you've got to put a lot of effort. So you understanding that, that things take effort, it takes your time. Um, how do you stay so focused or what are tips to stay focused as a creative? Oh, wow. That's a, such a great question. Um, I, I, I don't want to say that I don't know because I do know that comes from a place for me about creative impulses that pop up. Um, and it comes also from that space of like, why not? Let's try it. Let's see, does this feel right? But it also comes from the uh, intuition and the sort of the experience. So if you meld intuition and experience into one uh, and add creativity, I don't know quite what to call it, but I can feel in the pit of my stomach uh, if something feels right. And, and then if you add like the brand that we now are, we're much, much bigger brand now than we were say a year ago. And that's because we rebranded in, in January and launched a, uh, launched a new website. It's the branding added to that mixture is, is it right for us? Is this Snyder? Is this what we should be projecting and doing? Some of it, like NFTs are a great example because no, that's not really what we're about. Uh, whereas VR is what we're about. And so um, I don't really know how, how to else answer that question, but I think my experience 
and my failure has a lot to do with it because I, I have tried things out. And along the way, you sort of develop this like sixth sense of, is this right? Should I do this? And I have done things, many things, and tried it out, even in recent years, like that never went anywhere. And that's okay, too. So what I got from this, I'm, I'm writing this down. It's yes. Know who you are, know how to feel, and know how to take action and stay on course. Yes. And how do you do that? Well, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I have three points that I usually talk about talk about like takeaways or, or points of advice. One is like, what's the worst that can happen? Um, it's okay to fail, fail quickly, fail fast, and then just like start over again without blaming yourself for failing. And the second one is there's an amazing artist. Her name is Lisa Condon and she's super famous and really amazing. I have a print on my wall that is uh, from her and it says begin anyhow begin anyhow and i i've taken that to heart because we we think of things that we want to do but we never begin so, so begin anyhow is like one of my devices that i think about a lot and then the the third thing would be for me is like it's never too late it's never too late i happened to have a father who started painting landscapes uh, when he was 50. And he was self-taught and he tried and tried and tried and worked really hard. And he really developed his skill for like color, form and content in his later years. And he's he sort of persevered. And I see him as a huge success story in creativity. And I, I'm very inspired by not only his art that I have on my walls, but also uh, from his pursuit of creativity, uh, starting when he was around 50. I, I love that. I, I, I love the takeaways and it's, you know, fail with a learner's mindset, you know, because then you're not judging yourself. You're not beating yourself up. It's like, okay, where did I make a mistake? How can I do this better? All right, let's get up. Let's go again and begin anyhow. Oh, well, I, I don't feel your feelings don't matter. <laughs> You know what I mean? Not in that sense of like, if it's rejection, if it's, if it's, if it's bad, if it's against you and I, you know, it's never too late. You know, if you, if you woke up today, it's not too late. You just, you just, and again, go back to two. If you didn't, if you didn't get that one, just begin anyhow. <laughs> begin again, anyhow. <laughs> Or two. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so th that's, that's what I believe. And I, I love that you like that because it means a lot to me. Yeah, no. And I think it's, it's something that is a really good takeaway in general. And I mean, it, it just, it goes to your resiliency too, and how to really have that resiliency really set up in a concise way. <laughs> so I, I greatly appreciate that. And um, is there anything else you'd like to share? Hmm. Uh, no, I just want to say thank you to you and um, for inviting me. This has been really amazing. A great conversation. Thank so you. Thank, thank you, you so much, Olivia. And, uh, you know, good luck with everything. Yeah. Thank you, Christina. I'm looking forward to like, I followed both of your pages. I'm looking forward to seeing all of your like upcoming work and what your business can, how it continues to grow and everything like that. It's, it's such an inspiration. Oh, thank so, you. That's thank so great you. to hear it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Empowered Woman, Badass and 
Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.